They were the heroes from the future. Teenagers protecting the universe from those that would sow the seeds of chaos. Each had unique powers and abilities. And though they often had their differences, they came together to save the day as the Legion of Superheroes. Now you can be a part of their adventures and learn the history of the future in the Legion Clubhouse. This week on the Legion Clubhouse, it's the return of Invisible Kid. Legion of Superheroes number 299. Not a ghost of a chance. Published May 1983. Written by Keith Giffen and Paul Levitz with art by Keith Giffen. Synopsis. Invisible Kid meets his predecessor and Wildfire gets his body back. But what's the connection? Oh, we're getting into some hot action this week, Matthew. (laughs) We're one away from issue 300. I know, 300. So we'll do 299 and then, and then, yeah. Yeah, so we got the Invisible Kids here doing their... Yeah, so last time that we checked in with Invisible Kid 2, he had jumped through, Mm -hmm. he had saw an opening, and he jumped through um, because he thought Wildfire had been sucked away into another dimension. And Mm -hmm. and apparently he was, and he finds Wildfire is there with his full body restored, and Mm -hmm. uh, Wildfire is uh, in this creepy place, but he loves it. He's got his body back. He's wanting to hang out. He has no He's desire to go a, home. A creepy harem. Well, so that's the question, though, right? Is and... is he creating it, or is it the reality that's creating it? Because um, there's a couple of different ways you can go uh, mm-hmm. in in that sense. Because I get the feeling that the reality wants to keep you there for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I'm not saying that this is some kind of an afterlife or anything like that, but there is definitely a sense that this place is giving the people that it feels like it can get to stay a reason mm-hmm. to stay, including having the original Legion clubhouse and the original invisible kid show up yes. uh, just in time. And that's, that's what's interesting. That's actually kind of weird because when we last saw Lyle Norg, he was seeing that ghost girl, Myla and oh, this yeah. issue this issue flat out says, oh, I was scammed by a hallucination and I've spent the past 10 years in this weird hellish half state. Oh, and that may be the scariest thing. That's, I mean, to me, that's scarier than dark side. I mean, they thought he was dead, but no, he's trapped in this empty hell. And the girl that he thought he was going to be happy with forever just turned out to be I mean, ugh. a devil, oh, a devil coming to tempt you, Matthew, a devil coming to tempt you, which is why they can't play Dungeons and Dragons in this issue anymore because they've already got the devil tempting people in one way to steal your soul. They can't have dungeons and dragons and they get the CCA all over you for that. Um, well, Siobhan also doesn't know the rules. Um, well, I mean, to be future, fair, neither so do you. So, you know, um, oh. <laughs> so, so the question is though, um, mm-hmm. the first invis- invisible kid, you know, Landmark. is up, is upset that somebody is taking his place. And I'm not sure that if he's upset that the Legion has moved on after 10 years and found another invisible kid, or if he's mm-hmm. upset that there's a black man who is now the new invisible kid. That's the part that I'm not super sure of uh, in, in what, this interpretation. What context, what context would give you the implication that Lyle has any issues with Jacques being black? I'm, I don't know, except that it's okay. the 80s, right? Right. So, uh, you know, uh, people were not very friendly to people of color. Uh, they're not well, today. They weren't then. 
So uh, that's that's the question that I have, because he seems to be uh, a little bit too upset that he's just been replaced. And I'm wondering if his anger stems from something else besides the fact that, well, everybody thought you were dead, dude. And so we moved on. It's been 10 years. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm wondering if there's something else going on in here. The other thing that's really weird in this now, granted, Mm -hmm. uh, both Wildfire and uh, Jacques are yanked out by Mumbo Jumbo. Um, Mm -hmm. But at no point does Jacques say, hey, we need to go back and get Invisible Kid. He's not dead. He's just in another dimension. Mm -hmm. And that's that's an interesting uh, kind of moment here, because the implication is that he just sort of teleports them out. He focuses on where he wants to go and kind of uses uh, his the way he would use his invisibility power and just boom teleports them someplace. But the weird thing about this and something that's extremely, extremely unsatisfying, even decades later, is Jacques ability to do this kind of comes and goes and is never actually dealt with in any satisfying manner. Oh, almost usually like, I would almost I like would, the other character that makes a weird noise and can jump through dimensions. Yeah. It's just, normally I wouldn't whine about that during this issue, but I don't feel like we ever really do. We do get some follow up on certain things, but we don't necessarily get a really clear concept of, first of all, why the invisible serum gave Jacques this additional power. And more importantly, what the heck is going on? But yeah, it just, it feels very awkward that he just sort of, says, okay, I'm going to go home now. Bye. Lyle literally just walks away. You can almost hear the David Banner sad. Well, yeah, when he realizes that he's almost going to kill this guy. He's like, if you're alive, run away. If you're a mirage, fade. Yeah. It's just weird. You know, and that's the other thing is that Jacques is like, well, I just want to reappear where I left. And he doesn't. He appears in a place that he's for all we know, never been to before. He has been to Orlando. I swear he has, because he was there during the, the dark side nonsense. Um, uh, spoiler, by the way, he, he shows up in the council of oracles at the Royal court of queen projectra. So yeah, I guess if spoilers for something that came out before most of the people listening were born count as spoilers, but it's, that's another moment where I'm just like, I don't know. It feels it feels a little contrived, honestly. Well, unless and there's I, a reason why he needs to be there for like next issue or something. It doesn't mm-hmm. make a lot of sense for him to just reappear here. It really doesn't. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's one of those. Hey, everybody. Remember uh, Princess Projectra and Karate Kid? Oh, wait, Karate Kid's not here. I wonder why. Oh, go check out Brave the Bold on sale now. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, I'm not satisfied with this ending because on the one hand, we get to see what Jacques power is. We get to, we get to see wildfire back in his body and, you know, having his, his own wish fulfillments, uh, come true perhaps by this, by this universe. But at the same time, we see the original, invisible kid being very angry and not understanding. And at Mm -hmm. no point does anyone try to say he's alive. We need to bring him back. And if anything, that would be the first thing that I would say when I come back, when I see princess projectra is, you know, 
Lyle's alive. Lyle's alive. We've got to save him. And right. none of that happens. He does at one point mention that he worries that it's just a figment of his imagination. But I think that this being one of the first real solo missions, I mean, honestly, Lyle's first uh, mission was a solo mission because he attacked Computo alone. But mm -hmm. the first time we see Lyle actually acting on his own, it does kind of make sense that this new, you know, this Tyro Legionnaire might make a mistake like that. But it's also weird because the moment throughout the issue, it kind of feels like he's doing well. Lyle or, or Jacques? Jacques. It feels like Jacques is doing well. He, you know, he manages to follow Wildfire into oh, the weird sure. dimension. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. manages to wander around. He figures out who Lyle is. He immediately is like, okay, this place is feeding you some sort of, you know, nonsense. It's showing you things that it wants you to see, Wildfire, and we, we just need to get out of here. We need to go home. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that in, that's a strong instinct for Jacques, especially, you know, at this point, you know, three or four issues into similar tenure, you'll find Legionnaire still going, um, I don't know what to do. I'm a, I'm a scared new guy and stuff. And I'm just like, no, that, that, no, just shut up. And I, I, I question. So do you think that Lyle is really in this dimension, uh, is alive or. Mm -hmm. If there's wish fulfillment uh, stuff going on in this dimension, is the dimension feeling feeding Jacques the the illusion that Lyle is around, so he has a reason to justify himself being a member of the Legion using the information presented to us in two ninety eight and two ninety nine. Mm -hmm. The implication is strongly that Lyle really is in this dimension now uh my memory does retain the actual uh denouement for lack of a better word uh you know in in honor of the invisible kid in his french of how this story ends but at this point i feel like we are definitely being presented this is what happened to invisible kid whoa what a weird thing and now what are we going to do can we save him are there going to be two invisible kids it's going to be a whole schmageggy because I could see, you know, if this is a wish fulfillment thing, I could see this being interpreted as he's just an illusion. Right. I still don't like, I still don't like uh, the story. I just, uh, there's something about it that just doesn't sit right uh, with me. Uh, and it could just be that since the uh, dark side mm -hmm. uh, event, and it's, yeah. it hasn't been a whole lot of issues since then. But right. these guys are just losing upon losing upon losing every chance they get. Uh, they cannot catch a break. They've had an epic win with a lot of tragedy, but then right. the tragedy just keeps coming and they cannot catch yeah. a break. It's compounding. And I feel, I feel like, you know, last issue was all about Cosmic Boy and his torture. But the issue before that, I seem to recall complaining that it felt like kind of a housekeeping issue. It felt like, you know, putting the players in position for something, but doing it in such a way that you kind of felt the thumbprints of the the author. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this issue has that too. It feels like, why is this happening? Because they need to be somewhere or they need, we're setting this up so that when the big 300 comes around next issue, we've yeah. got something, you know, we've got these things in place. Yeah. 
Oh, well, we'll come back to that story at some point in the future. Meanwhile, back on Asteroid 73Q, where uh, they were fighting the Kund guy, we see the uh, we see uh, the White Witch, we see mm-hmm. Block, and we see Dawnstar mm-hmm. all deciding what they should do next when he shows back up and starts uh, blasting his way around. And I will say that uh, I don't know if it is... Keith Giffen that has a a love of having legionnaires smashed into the hard mm-hmm. surfaces with their face first mm-hmm. or what but uh with all the face smashing that goes into hard hard ground and this is the second time in probably a dozen issues maybe even eight issues that uh, Dawnstar has had her face smashed directly into the ground at terminal velocity or faster <laughs> uh why is she no dead why are not more of the Legionnaires suffering traumatic dr- brain trauma uh, from this stuff? And does anybody think about the reality of this guy that's like eight foot tall and full of muscles uh, who can punch block and knock him down, grabbing a woman's face and smashing her into the concrete? Mm-hmm. Why is she no dead? Well, I believe, and I don't know if it's ever been established, but I believe that Dawnstar is tougher than your average person, um, just evidenced by her ability to fly unaided through space. But uh, your question is a valid one because it, you know, we've never been shown, hey, this character is a little bit invulnerable or even particularly strong. I mean, we've seen her super speed. We see her after the fight. Uh, she's mm-hmm. got one little bruise on her lip uh, mm-hmm. before the Kund uh, uh, battle fleet arrives. And it's like, um, I think, I think she'd be a little bit more beat up. Also, apparently a block who's made of rock who can take mm-hmm. a blast from this machine that uh, the warrior has uh, mm-hmm. can still get uh, face stomped into submission fairly mm-hmm. easily, which again, if you stomp on his face, it hurts. Um, but again, he just took a blast to the, to the chest with right. this giant Kazap Kaboom uh, Ray. That's, the sound yeah. well, that's what the sound effects are. Kazap Kaboom. And he brushes that off, but takes a, a stomp to the face and he's out. He's out of the fight. It's a powerful stomp. I mean, Karlak is a, a Kund warrior with I extensive I guess, cybernetic enhancement. I mean, I guess I'm more questioning again ill-defined powers with block i know he's your favorite legionnaire but his powers are so ill-defined he is invulnerable if he's invulnerable a a stomp to the face should not knock him out a stomp from the face to the face from someone as powerful as he is could i mean the very word invulnerable means he has no vulnerability invulnerable okay in the legion of superheroes colloquial way of speaking i mean monel is invulnerable and he was blasted by Darkseid and went into a coma for 14 days and was just a bloody mess. I mean, Superboy is invulnerable. We see him constantly getting his head caved in. So invulnerable is a matter of degree, I feel like, in the 30th century. I think invulnerable, I think there are degrees of invulnerability, but I, mm-hmm. I think that they haven't figured out what blocks is yet. No, they they have not really settled um a lot of what blocks powers are because that whole thing about absorbing density is starting to go by the wayside Mm -hmm. and will continue to do so spoilers meanwhile misa the white witch show up and me mad okay 
No. It's, that's her name, Misa. No, Misa. Yeah. Misa. Misa, the, the white, white witch. witch. No. And, and the cool thing is, now I'll give no her some. Jar Jar uh, so much better than Princess Projector ever could be. Uh, much better <laughs> than any other person who claims to have magic abilities. She just steps up and takes this gun that uh, Carlac the Magnificent is carrying around and just turns it into flowers. Uh, that's great. Yeah. That's brilliant. And then she's biffing him and bopping him around uh, all over the place. She's pretty powerful. I like her. Yeah. I like her. She, she basically says anything on your body that's not organic is now going to short out. And he's like, <laughs> it was beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful I, I like that. She used one of her uh, fifth level spells uh, for this. <laughs> Actually, and I'm pretty sure that's only a third level. Because it's I just think like it's, a spell of differentiation. But again, the, the ultimate is, oh, the coons are back. And that's not a good thing. <sighs> also, uh, we see Siobhan and Element Lad, Element Lad. Uh, trying to play Scrabble. Mm -hmm. And apparently there are no modern games for people to play in the future. Uh, Maybe there are, and we just don't see them. I know that's, that's the problem, right? Uh, Maybe it's like uh, Spock's chess set. It's seven dimensional Scrabble. Just keep in mind, so. Jan's a traumite. What language is he playing Scrabble in? I mean, well, it looks like they're language. using Interlac is, is what it looks like. Oh, have you seen Interlac? Interlac is terrifying. I mean, it's there on the screen. Yeah. So I'm, I'm imagining that everybody is speaking Interlac. Jan likes old things though, too. I mean, yeah, mm -hmm. it's a thing. Mm -hmm. We also get a little bit of setup and build up because um, Duplicate Boy heads back to wherever he was at. <laughs> Duplicate Boy is going home to Lalor after yeah, beating but he, the bejesus. Yeah, but he went someplace else because all of the rest of the um, the heroes of Lalor are there mm -hmm. at this place. And I don't think also, it's Earth. No. Um, and they, they're also there with Devam. I believe they're on Weber's World. Oh, Weber's World. That's right. Devam, that you remember Devam, the knave from Krypton. I do. He's Superman's Super, uh, uh, Super, Super Boy's, Boy's yeah, yeah. Um, disappeared for twenty years. Showed up a couple of issues ago for a second or two, and yeah, is now apparently just back. Yeah, he's just hanging out. And then we yeah, also get introduced to a big old lizard man who we saw a while ago. I want to say, yeah, during the Earth War saga around two forty or two forty. Yeah, which was like five years ago. His name is Antia, and, he and apparently he is—he's a slave to somebody. Mm, yeah, so there's something some, bad is up with something Antia. bad is definitely up. His master. Uh, and then the only other thing that we get in this issue, I think, is mm -hmm. a um, uh, a moment with Lightning Lad and Saturn Girl at the doctor's office, and the mm -hmm. the visit is just taking an excruciatingly long time. I mean, in the entire time, the Invisible Kid has gone into the Dream World to <laughs> to rescue uh, uh, Wildfire. He's gotten into right. a fight. We've seen uh, Misa take down the the Kunda uh, warrior, and then My we God. see all of the Legion teaming up to beat up the the Kunda invasion force. And so, Which, uh, by the way, is pretty impressive cosmic boy and star boy and sun boy just kind of go and I, I noticed that star boy is also um under the thrall of eclipso <laughs> and also if you go back uh lizard man has also got the uh, the clip eclipso stuff going on if you say eclipso one more time he's going to show up i might he might i would i would 
Call it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, everybody's under the power of Eclipso in, in this issue. And that's basically it. I mean, certainly we get um, Shadow Last turning into Shadow Woman. And <gasps> apparently when you become a woman, uh, you just shave all your hair. So that's how you know. I think she's wearing a skull cap. She, Is like, she? I think she, yeah, she tucked her hair up under a skull cap. And oh, okay. So wait, what cap. year did Flash come out? The movie. Didn't that come out in 83? Flash Gordon? Yeah. Uh, 1980, I think. Because the evil woman, Princess Aura, was it Princess Aura? I think she also had a crazy skull cap like that. Crazy skull cap. They were all the rage in the 80s. Crazy skull caps. Were they? Yeah. I can't remember thing. anybody wearing one. You just mentioned two people who did. Ha! Checkmate. No, Your I didn't. story has more uh, holes in it Max than the Van Max Van Seedown didn't wear a skull cap. Oh, yeah? What about uh, Patrick Stewart and Excalibur? Skull cap. I don't think he wore skull cap either. Well, Merlin did. Skull cap. Those. No, that's not. No. Skull. No. Cap. Anyway, uh, she's now Shadow Woman. Ha ha ha. The future is forever. They're going to live happily ever after the end. This wasn't a horrible issue. It's got a lot of good action in it. It's got a lot of unresolved stuff that I'm not really a fan of. Yes. um, In this sense, because it feels like a lot of this stuff has been dragging on for a while. The will they kiss or won't they kiss thing has definitely been going on for like three issues uh, and needs to, needs to, uh, needs to culminate in something. It wasn't a horrible issue. I do not like the recoloring in this. I, I just think that it's garish top to bottom. Uh, Yeah. It is. It's not, it's not, it's not great. I, I, the original coloring was, kind of drab and i feel like they were trying to dress that up especially in the uh in the uh fantasy realms but i i'm not a not a fan if you enjoy the show we would appreciate your support you can find out more and become a legion clubhouse member at patreon.com slash major spoilers The Brave and the Bold, number 198, Terrorists of the Heart. Published May 1983. Written by Mike W. Barr, with art by Rick Hoberg. Synopsis. Whatever happened to Iris Jacobs? Well, you guys thought you were going to get an uh, issue 300, but no. Remember, I gave you a little bit of foreshadowing in the last segment, where I said Karate Kid is out doing a Brave and the Bold episode on newsstands now and sure enough we're doing brave and the bold batman and karate kid which interesting thing about brave and the bold right brave and the bold mm-hmm. has been around since forever uh least yeah, like 1955 yeah so about the same time as the legion right and it was mostly mm-hmm. a not a backups but a place to try out new things right the justice league yeah. shows up in there we see mm-hmm. the uh, teen Green, titans yeah teen titans we see all, everybody just doing a bunch of different team ups but then once we cross over into the late 70s and early 80s, especially with the DC explosion and then implosion, uh, Batman mm. is a big seller. And so Batman ends up becoming the lead in the Brave yeah. World, at least for a couple more issues, right? Because by the time we hit 200, I think um, we get 200 the, is the last issue of Brave and the Bold. Yeah. yeah. And that's the introduction of the outsiders in that, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and then so, they relaunch Brave and the Bold with the creative team. 
from uh or they relaunch out they launch outsiders with the creative team that had been on brave and the bold yeah so, yeah. so this this thing. issue uh feels like it's a bit of a wrap-up uh for both brave and the bold mm-hmm. and the karate kid series that got axed prematurely or maybe not prematurely maybe it got axed exactly when it needed to be axed <laughs> Uh, well, Karate Kid was cut short by the DC implosion because there are bits of Karate Kid in uh, one of the issues of DC's canceled comics, Cavalcade, which came out in 78 or 79 mm-hmm. after all those books were canned all of a sudden. But yeah, it does seem like a long time has passed before we would like go back and try and clean up whatever happened in the 70s. And I'm not even sure, to be honest. I'm not even sure that this story needs to be told Mm -hmm. in that karate kid. Apparently, you know, he's getting married to princess projectra, but for whatever reason, he feels like he needs to go back in time and go track down. (laughs) Uh, what's her face? Iris Uh, Jacobs, Iris Jacobs and tell her, Hey baby, Hey baby, I'm, uh, I'm getting married. Uh, I mean, in his defense, I mean, he's kind of dumb. I, <laughs> I, mean, I don't feel like he like led her on when he was in the past. I feel like I don't know yes. the issues. The issues that we read for this show, he certainly was leading her on. I don't know. I don't necessarily feel like he was implying any sort of romance. Now, I will admit that he spent a lot of time with her, and I feel like he may not have made it a hundred percent clear to her that he was just looking for a cool friend person. Yeah, he just needed, but I don't he just needed like, a place to stay. <laughs> well, and you know, paratrooping is a thing. Uh, yeah. Don't Google that. But yeah, it's it's weird. And you know, this is an example of something that happens in comics that drives me nuts. And it's on a vaguely related note. Um, you had me. I remember seeing this issue for the first time and grabbing it and going, Jim Aparo, Karate Kid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Except it's not Jim it Aparo. It's like, wow. Well, it's, a, it's an Aparo cover. I mean, it they, is. they got me. But then you you go to the inside and you're just what, like Rick Hoberg or something. Hoberg isn't bad. I mean, but I it's mean, Mike W. Barr, and I like Mike Barr's Hoberg Batman or... stories uh, that he writes. So he's you know he's yeah. doing fine here. And this so and, what happens is um, uh, there's a gang violence in in Gotham Village, which you know is one of the safer upper upper class areas of Gotham City. And yet there's true. people with Uzis and submachine guns. Uh, just well, killing police. I mean, I gotta tell you, ladies and gentlemen, doesn't mean safe. <laughs> I gotta tell you, ladies the and gentlemen, the safest place in Gotham City I could am be like the valedictorian high school. I am surprised that this book has a CCA seal on it because CCA code says you're not supposed to kill cops. You're not supposed to kill cops. And the first page, these guys are like blowing them away from the uh, from the windows of this apartment yeah, building. No, nobody died. It was. Rubber bullets, yes. Okay. I, no, I they, they yes. were injured. They, but the they, rubber bullets, died. I swear. Yeah. You can see those all went <laughs> clear through the meat of their shoulders. Yes, you know, it went clear through their chests and out the other side. Uh, so yeah, anyway. So, through, right so through anyway, the there is a there's a woman that's part of this, I don't know, neo-Nazi. It kind of reminds youth. me of Patty Hearst in the Liberation Army. Mm, except she was not kidnapped, right? I mean, certainly the picture that they have of her from their archive file of her. Um, is kind of the same pose of Patty Hearst when she's mm-hmm. doing her thing, but I yeah. don't. I don't think we have any uh, Stockholm syndrome or that kind of stuff going on here. Uh, she's just a yeah, bad person. Blackheart is that whole her name. Blackheart Army, and I'm just like, 
it really does feel like they're kind of cashing in on something. And I don't know, you know, Patty Hearst isn't exactly front page news in 1982. It's a couple of three years old, but I mean, it's there's a lot of people that, that are still talking about. It. I remember in the eight, in sure. the mid eighties that Patty Hearst's name uh, came up a lot. Uh, okay. In, in so there conversation. You go. Yeah. Steven says I'm right. And that she's probably, no, cause you Hearst. said you didn't remember her name being up there. And I was like, no, I do. And you just it. said, oh yeah, it totally happened. And I'm like, oh, so you are agreeing with me. But I no, can't. I'm not agreeing that she's Patty Hearst. Not at all. Um, yeah. So anyway, this woman escapes out of jail. She's in protective mm-hmm. custody. She gets out yes. of jail because Pulsar star. No, wait. Um, no, different, different Pulsar, Pulsar, not, not Pulsar Stargrave, but the Pulsar that Karate right. Kid did battle in his own series, a guy mm-hmm. who was supposedly going straight because he's got the electric dynamo ha- uh, heart, man, that mm-hmm. would have made an awesome action figure, right? You just kind of like spin Pulsar. this dial. You spin this dial on its, on his back. And he generates like static electricity charge that you can go and shock your friends with. Why are all of your toys cruel? I mean, that would be You're the reason why we cool can't toy. have yard darts anymore. No, I thought yard darts were fine. It was the dumb people uh-huh. that didn't know how to use them correctly. Uh-huh. Um, no point where you're just like, hey, Tommy, stand over there. No, never. I always thought they were dangerous. I was just like, well, I don't want that thing flying at me. Especially with young kids who didn't, you know, they don't know when to release. So they like throw it up past the back of their head and it goes flying in the wrong direction. Oh, those are creepy times, man. Um, no, I was responsible for jorts. Uh, you know, the, ah, the jorts, uh, jorts and Gene long shorts. darts were the things that went together. Yes. Jorts so anyway, Pulsar shows back up to kill, to kill her in jail because she's narked yes. on the, on the crew. She escapes and runs into, oh, she kills a guy first. Just an right. innocent uh, guy. She runs into Iris Jacobs. Iris brings her into the house and is like, yeah, we got to stick together, man. And then Karate Kids shows up with a cold for whatever reason. Not explained. Kind of dumb. Because he, he didn't get his shots. Remember, he's from the future where they don't have common colds or, or germs like a gross and grody Gotham City. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was a thing. I, it's just weird. Uh, and the only reason why he has a cold is so he picks up this tissue that the, uh, the black heart lady was uh, using to uh, conceal a piece of glass that she used to stab a guy. And that's how they find out where she's uh, at later. But then uh, karate kid and Batman, they team up and they're like, Hey, let's go do this. They go yeah. and they fight and they take down the bad guys and they take down Pulsar and, uh, the, well, Pulsar sort of takes himself down, but I do like the fact that Batman remembers Karate Kid from the Mord routine. Uh, no, but why wouldn't he remember him, though? Because he's... A lot of times, Brave and the Bold did not have that kind of grasp of continuity, so that's great. And I do like the fact that while Pulsar's return to criminality doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense... We do finally get closure on his whole, oh my gosh, my heart could totally explode and take out mm-hmm. a city block thing, which mm-hmm. is nice. And yeah. um, it's a little creepy that Val shows up in his former landlady's bedroom know, in the right? middle of the night. You're like, yeah. hey, Mrs. Eichmann, Mrs. Yeah. Eichmann, it's me. It's me, Val. Ugh. Oh, dearie dear. And I got to say it, it is incredibly, incredibly contrived that Batman's quarry and 
Karate Kid's girlfriend person end up in the same? Oh no, room yeah, no, that's that's time. the it's that's just, the whole uh, that's the thing that you know. How are we going to get these up. two together? I guess that's how we do it. Um, I also yeah, like just, that uh, that I uh, had an older copy of this that uh, also uh, includes the karate kung fu ads in the middle of the ad, as well as grit. Right? Didn't you used to sell grit? No, but I like to reference selling grit. Oh, okay. You never did sell um, it, huh? Uh, I never did because that would have required me to do something. Although, um, you know, the Olympic uh, things where you're like, hey, sell stamps and greeting cards. My sister did that for a while. Oh, yeah. She she never did get the mini bike, but. Interesting. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, everybody's back in custody. Karate Kid says, uh, sorry if I let you on. I came all the way back from the 30th century just to say that I'm getting married to somebody else. Uh, you're welcome to come to the wedding you, if you want. I want you to come to the wedding, my friend. You're important to me, and I want you to come. And this is an invitation to to hang out and be my you're not friend. Gonna, but that, that's a problem, though. If she goes to his wedding, she's not going to remember the wedding. She'll remember the basics of it. She'll, she'll just have her brain erased. Yeah, she's gonna. Ha- she'll have to go back and have the whole events erased from her memory. So oh, a Saturn girl will give you like a general sense of it. No, I don't, I don't think so. Anyway, uh, she's like, I don't want any part of you. Karate kid. You get away me from on. me. You used me. I think you better leave. And he's just like, okay. And he just gets yeah. into his time bubble and floats away. And the Batman end. is just like, Oh, Hey, you like men in tights. <laughs> oh yeah. I got, I've got a thing I've been thinking about that. We'll have to bring up in another time. Uh, and another <laughs> show, crazy. actually, in our major spoilers podcast pre-show. But another um, show, yeah. So uh, this is a this is a strange issue, honestly, because Brave and the Bold always kind of spins on an axis of what crazy, bizarro wackiness is going to happen to bring these characters together. But this one feels like it's it's like answering questions about the Karate Kid series, but. We already saw some closure of Iris's Diamond Death. Mm-hmm. We saw the closure of Prince Voxavva or King Voxavva agreeing that Val can marry Projectra. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't feel like Iris needed this this moment of whatever you want to call it closure or heartbreak or whatever. And I feel like the the synthesis of the two plots, the not Patty Hearst plot. With the, hey, uh, I used to almost kind of date you, and now can you want to come to my wedding, tee-hee. I don't know. It just it feels like a weirdly imbalanced issue. Yeah, it, I like it feels art. like it's... I a, feel like oh, yeah, the art's fine. is great. Yeah, and, and the story is fine. It just feels like somebody was like, man, we've got to wrap up this Karate Kid series from four years ago because everybody's... We're getting letters every week, people asking what happened with Karate <laughs> Kid, and we just saw what happened with... With Shrinking Violet and Duplicate Boy, we don't need the same thing. We don't need Iris, you know, living 3,000 years to come to the future and become a bad guy. We need some closure now. And DC Editorial was just like, I guess we got to we gotta answer the fans' request and, and put this together. And, and, you know, it's also kind of fitting that, as we said, The Brave and the Bold is going to end in two issues. Uh, right. It's also fitting that uh, Karate Kid was probably part of the reason why it ended. In two more years. <laughs> it's just cruel. 
All right, that wraps it up for this installment of the Legion Clubhouse. Matthew, what did we learn this week? We learned that lizard people talk like this. I think we also learned that uh, if you're going to ghost someone, just stay ghosted with them. There's no need to come back into their lives and tell them that you're having a great time and are getting married. And most importantly, we learned don't go back to crime or else your heart will explode. Thank you so much for joining us this week on the Legion Clubhouse. We certainly appreciate everything that you do. Join us over on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash major spoilers. And until next time, I'm waiting for issue 300, man. And I'm Mugato Kid. The Legion Clubhouse is a production of Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC, and is produced by Steven Schleicher. Your hosts were Matthew Peterson and Steven Schleicher. You can follow Matthew at Mighty King Cobra and Steven at Major Spoilers. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at Legion Clubhouse. If you have questions or comments, send them to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. I'm Jason Inman. Until next time, eat it, Grandpa. This podcast is copyright 2022 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.